What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Birdie Me, the podcast powered by Backswing Golf Events. My name is Nick Johnson, and welcome to this newest episode where we have the privilege to talk to over 250 of the most inspiring women professional golfers who are now running thousands of charity events throughout the country, raising millions of dollars for these charities in the process. Uh, this week's episode was with Nikita Arjun, who uh, has a very interesting story. He's from India originally and went to college in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, we went through the shotgun spinner for another time, basically branding this the second shotgun spinner episode, although this is technically episode four. We went over a few different topics uh, from her favorite drills to her favorite you know, travel tips to her support system. So we were very fortunate to get her on the podcast this week and very thankful she was able to squeeze us into her busy, busy schedule where she's now splitting time between the Epson tour, the uh, WAPT, which is the women's all pro tour uh, and running seemingly weekly, these backswing golf events. I don't know how she does it, but let's get on to the episode here this week with Nikita Arjun. Welcome to Birdie Me, the podcast. Powered by Backswing Golf Events. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Birdie Me, the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We got a fun one this week. We have uh, some really good news on the backswing front. We ran 29 events nationwide yesterday, which has to be some sort of new record. Pretty awesome getting a lot of buzz out there. If you guys have events that are going on and you want some of these girls to spice up your events, please reach out, DM us at Birdie Mead Podcast or at Backswing Golf Events. These girls are crushing it. And they raised oh, basically hundreds of thousands of dollars yesterday alone. So they're really starting to see the ball rolling and want you guys to be a part of it as much as you can. Uh, our guest this week that was responsible for 7,000 of that 100,000 is Nikita Arjun. Thank you for joining us. What's going on? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for uh, joining us last minute. I know it's been very busy for everyone oh, yeah. in the backswing <laughs> family, um, but give us a little bit of an idea of the event you ran yesterday. I was at, at the Trophy Club in Dallas. And it was for the uh, National Utilities Contractors um, Association. Essentially, what they do is, um, what, how do you say it? Uh, they do things to keep their contractors and everyone safe because their work is so dangerous. So the money we raised that day goes towards keep their safety. So, okay, yeah, cool. and I was at the Beat the Pro and like everyone loved it. Nice. Where where was it? You said it was in Dallas. Yeah, the Trophy Club, country uh, country club. Okay, and you're in you're in Phoenix. I live in Phoenix. Okay. Yes. Okay, so you you've been traveling quite a bit the last last few days. Yeah, so uh, I know it started in Wichita Falls, then Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Then I I was like, I'm close to Dallas, so I told Mackenzie that yeah, I'm available, and then I just I got back yesterday. Okay, cool. Well, I, I'm in Austin, so you're not very far from no. me. We, we could have we gone and played some golf. Um, 
nevertheless, uh, give us our, our listeners a little bit of an idea of kind of where your your game has started. Mm-hmm. I know you were born and raised in India, and you went to college in Savannah, mm-hmm. Georgia. Like, give me a little bit of an idea of cu- some of that culture shock yeah. that must have happened. You know, how did you get started? So, well, first, I actually played tennis for six years. So when I was, I played from mm-hmm. six to twelve. And I actually picked up a, a golf club when I was seven, but I didn't really care much for it because tennis was my love at that time. Um, then, like, then at ten years old, I started playing golf and tennis, and thought like, okay, I could do both. I could probably play both professionally. Then at ten, I was asked to pick one, and then golf was it. I traveled around India, all over the country, with my mom and my brother because my brother played that that time as well so obviously he played the boys and I played the girls um and then played amateur tournaments and came over to the U.S. in 2013 to a golf uh, academy in Hilton Head uh I actually followed my brother because he went to high school there um and I got recruited to college at Spartanburg Methodist which is a junior college in Spartanburg South Carolina so I played a year there and uh, transferred to Armstrong State in Savannah, Georgia. And I, I played for them for two years, my sophomore and junior year. Senior year, Georgia Southern took over, and I was without a golf team. <laughs> but, I mean, I made the most of it and graduated at Twin Professional 2018. But it wasn't really a culture shock for me. Yeah, it was quite easy. Not really. It was quite easy. It's it's just because of the way I was brought up. Give us a little bit of an idea of like what it was like growing up in India and being a multi-sport mm-hmm. athlete. And I'm sure it was a little bit different for someone to be doing both golf and tennis, uh, especially the golf side. Like where where did you grow up playing? Like what? Was your family involved yeah. in golf? Like what got you? So playing? my grandfather was in the. That's my dad's father. He was in the Indian Navy, so he. That's how he got into golf, and he brought he. So at, when he retired, he was just golfing every day. Um, then he got my dad into it, and my dad introduced my brother and I to it, and then my mom picked it up because she like she can't. <laughs> If you can't beat them, just join them, right? Um, right. And I, my home course was actually Bangalore Golf, Bangalore Golf Club. So it's one of the oldest golf courses in my city. Um, and we had like junior programs. And so I tried tennis and golf. So I think I would play tennis three days a week, golf three days a week. And it, that was just, I don't know how my mom did it because... At the time, my brother was playing only tennis, but it was it was tough because school and obviously in India at that time, people weren't very supportive of athletes. It's all about education and what are you going to do if you don't have a good education? Um, but I mean, we made it work and starting seventh grade... Uh, we were homeschooled, so I was okay. homeschooled till till eleventh grade, and 
that's because I that's the only way I could have traveled all over and done school at the same time. Very cool. Very cool. I was definitely very similar when I was growing up. I played tennis, soccer, and golf. So those were my yeah. sports. And I could never serve. I don't know why, but that was like my thing. I could never, I could hit, I still to this day, I can go hit ground yeah. strokes with my buddies all day long. But if they want to play like an actual yeah. game, I'm oh. horrible. I just can't, I can't, I don't yeah. know why. I could never. Yeah, I, I was, it's um, the same for me because I'm left hand dominant. So my forehand and my yeah. serves were the weakest for some reason. My strongest one was my backhand. So my backhand is my golf swing now. So are you normally, are you left-handed in yes. most things? Are you, okay. So I have this theory that, and you play righty, obviously. For those of you that haven't seen Nikita's swing, <laughs> it's probably the best swing I've seen in a long time. Like, I could not stop just, like, watching it over and over. It's, on paper, every position looked absolutely perfect. Um, Thank you. So if you guys need any, if you guys need to watch a swing, it's definitely, Definitely don't watch mine. Go watch Nikita's. Um, but I have this theory that there's a lot of good golfers that are opposite hand dominant and play righty, or they're yeah. the other way around. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe they're more balanced. Probably. It's, yeah. Either way, mm -hmm. I, I've met so. I mean, Phil Mickelson is another mm -hmm. one that's like that. Um, Rafael yeah. Nadal, all, he's the yeah. other way around. But it's funny how so many people I've maybe just because golf is very hard to pick up as a mm -hmm. left-handed person. Um, that's probably part of it. You can pick up tennis pretty easily yeah. either way, but golf has always been, I feel bad for left-handed golfers because they can't find equipment. It's a little harder, <laughs> yeah. but when we, you and I were growing up, it was so hard to find the left hand. Oh yeah, equipment. for sure. Um, those poor lefties. <laughs> um, so now you're on the Epson tour. Um, I do have status on the Epson tour, but it's not the greatest. So right now I'm playing the women's all pro tour full time. And with that, if you win the top finish top two at a tournament, you get exemption into the Epson tour event next week, the week after. So, so okay. it's like a mini tour for Epson. Okay. I've seen quite a few women get some success. I think McKay was playing on that a few weeks ago, maybe this week. Um, I think um, it's hard to, hard to, this is a week off. So I think next week. Yeah. Okay. I have a, I have a friend I played with. I played golf two days this week already. It's pretty, that's pretty amazing for me. Um, I, but I played with a buddy of mine who's got conditional on corn Ferry, and he played in all the APT, which is the men's side. So and he was telling me how popular that's become. Um, so I definitely miss it. I used to play a bunch of tournament golf. Maybe one one day I'll get back into it. But for for now, for now I'll live vicariously through you guys. Um, well, we're bringing back a segment of our show by popular demand: the um, shotgun spinner. Um, so basically, for all the listeners that didn't see last week's episode or not watching the video. I have a bunch of different topics on here and we'll basically spin it. It's like a wheel of fortune spinner. Um, you can find one of these on Amazon if you really want to and play, play at home, but we'll give it a spin and see what topic it lands on. All right. 
So it looks like it landed on goals. So give us, give our listeners a, a little insight into your short-term goals, your long-term goals. Obviously, you want to get on the LPGA Tour at some point, uh, but give us an idea of like short-term goals that you're working on to get to that point. The short-term goal right now till August is to obviously win on the Women's All Pro Tour so I can get on the um, Epson. But come August is when we have Q School and that's when the goal changes. So the goal then is to get as far as I can in, to Q School, like just Q, to Q Series. And then I get, uh, if I get to Q Series, I get an entire season on the Epson. And then work my way onto the LPGA. And then obviously on the LPGA, so it's like to, win. <laughs> so trying to get, you know, a consistent schedule is what it sounds like, right? So give our listeners an idea of like, what is Q series? Like how many rounds is it? Like, Yeah, so it actually starts, we have three stages. Uh, the first stage is in... This year, it's the, at the end of August, and it's in Palm Springs, California. We play Mission Hills, which is the Dana Shore course, where they play the ANA championship. And then we play the Palmer, and we play the Indian Wells Country Club, which is a new one this year. So we obviously have uh, a cut after three days, and then a cut after four. A cut, in, cut off at 99 or 100 players. Um... And then we go to stage two in October, which is in Venice, Florida. And that's four days without a cut. But you got to finish top 80 to make it a Q series, which is um, a grueling two weeks. I'm not sure if they made it only one week this year. I, I thought I read, it some, read about that somewhere, but I could be wrong. But at least the last year it was two weeks and... Uh, and the pick top 40 out of the top 40 get the card i mean how many how many times have you tried oh god uh so i've been playing since 2017 <laughs> I, I went to q school for the first time as an amateur yes got it okay i have not done <laughs> i did q school maybe when i was hmm, so that was like seven years ago now um at greg norman course i don't know why they're always in the desert i think they <laughs> they have so many golf yeah. courses out there but all those, all those courses you mentioned i've played out there and i think the weather is probably one of the hardest things to deal with especially for how many rounds have to yeah play. um i mean it's going to definitely be a factor, right? It'll be at least yeah, 85, for, 90. Um, that's, that's kind of, that's like an understatement. <laughs> for, for stage one, it's in Palm Springs. That's four hours from Phoenix. So it'll be 120 degrees. But, <laughs> but we get to take golf carts. So that's a plus. So they're not going to make us walk. Florida is gonna it's an Florida is in October so it's not too bad at that time at stage two yes I have one of the 
weirdest stories for like heat. So I was playing at Tuckwet mm-hmm. Canyon in yeah. Morongo. I don't know if you played, played there. there, but it's in it's in it's mm-hmm. in Beaumont. It's like actually a really nice track that if they put a little more effort into could be yeah. really great. But it was always especially in the summer, very, very hot, always mm-hmm. windy. Um, and I remember getting into the SoCal Open. That was there. doesn't really matter when it was, but it was 120 degrees. I got in as an alternate, like the last person in, and they didn't send me like the player welcome okay. package. I, ju- I just figured, you know, it's another mm-hmm. tournament. Just go and we'll go play and mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. Um I show up in shorts and for those of you that don't know, you're supposed to mostly play pro tournaments in pants. Some of them are getting better. Um, But I played the front nine in shorts. Nobody said Mm -hmm. a single thing. I teed off. You'd think they would have stopped me before I even teed off. But a marshal comes by when I'm walking from hole nine to hole 10 and says, if you don't change in a pants, you're going to be DQ'd. Like I've been out here for three hours. You could have told me. Luckily, I had a pair of pants yeah. in my car, which I could put on. They were dress pants, though, <laughs> so they were like there weren't like corduroy, but it was like as close to corduroy pants that you could wear. And it was oh, like no. 110 out. After that, I could play in pants in any weather. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Um, but I was I never will forget that. I, I still remember the guy's face. Like, why are you? Why are you wearing shorts out here? Why are you not letting me wear shorts? Um, anyway, let's go on to our next topic here. Uh, drills. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely had my go-to drills when I was warming up for yeah. a tournament. My go-to stuff when I was practicing. Give us a few, two or three that you go through on a daily basis or while you're preparing for an event. Hmm. So, obviously, depends what part of the game, <laughs> what aspect. Um, hmm. So uh, during before a tournament round, I do the the ta- I've started doing the towel drill. So you put it under across your chest, under under your arms, and you just trying. It's just you're just trying to con- keep your body connected and feel that connection. And, and you're doing that for full swing uh, or for, for everything? full swing. Um, I could try for chipping. I should try for chipping, actually. That could that might work. Um, <laughs> See, yeah, I'm giving you ideas. But yeah, so like I just started doing that, and that's actually helped me a lot. Just giving me one thought that I take out on the golf course during tournaments, during during tournament round, and it's like it's oh one of the one of the one of the better drills I've done. For full swing, but uh, for putting, I actually do the three, five, seven drill. That's in four corners, uh, well, around around the hole. And I just gotta keep. I I have to make go around and make each each one every one of them. If I miss, I start over. So. So how many stations is is it like three yes, feet, yeah. five feet, seven feet? Okay, and you just. Make yeah, a circle yeah. of that around the hole. And I have to go around okay. three feet first, and then it's five feet, and then seven feet. If I miss, I start over. <laughs> so it's like you go through all of okay. it, and you get to the last tee. Uh, it's it's right. so frustrating. It's... <laughs> I, uh, 
What's the longest you've spent doing Probably that drill? Probably over an hour. <laughs> when I, when over I an first hour? started. I mean, that's it. pretty good. I've. Yeah. It's. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> but it's so good as well. It's. So I did, I did one similar to that called the 50 mm -hmm. point drill, which sounds around the same lines, but you basically set like the first T from the hole is about three yeah. feet. You just do like your putter length and then you mark another three feet. That's six feet. So then you have a T that's in between and then a T that goes like just beyond basically. So you have four, yeah. you know, in the same increment. And you have a point system. So the first putt is worth one point. The second putt's two, three, and four. And then you go through it five rounds. I think it's five rounds. And it all, yeah, it's five rounds because each round mm -hmm. adds up to 10 if you make each putt. And you just kind of keep score. And, and then you put a tee that's like two feet, 12 yeah. inches pie the hole. And if you hit it too hard, you subtract uh -huh. a point. And then it... If you miss the three footer, you subtract three points. So when I say it out loud, it yeah. sounds like a lot of, it sounds very complicated, but it's actually pretty easy once you just kind of get in the mm -hmm. rhythm of it. Cause you know, every round is worth yeah. 10 points. So after a certain point, you're just kind of like, okay, I missed this one, this one, and this mm -hmm. one. Then you just subtract from 50. Like that's usually how I do it. Um, Have you... I oh, go ahead. One, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Um, you're still talking. So the the other drill, the towel drill, um, for you guys listening out there, is a great way to keep your body, your arms, everything in sequence. So I think what a lot, especially amateur golfers, kind of deal with is their hands tend to outrace their body. Um, it, it really depends, but that's kind of your over-the-top move mm -hmm. a little bit is or you're susceptible to it if you don't keep everything yeah. together, right? So I've actually started going um, when I'm playing is I'll just tuck my mm -hmm. sleeve under my shirt, and it's kind of a similar feel. It's not quite the same, but it gives me that same feeling yeah. that I think you're looking for is your you're yeah. staying connected, right? Yeah, and also, it's I, I've done also the basket drill where you put it on your on your chest and then between your arms, and that's one way to stay connected as well. But I mean, I can't carry a basket everywhere <laughs> to tournaments, so the the towel works works very very well. But I was also gonna say about the putting is, have you have you ever played Circle of Death? I've heard of Circle of Death. I think I might have seen it on somebody's Instagram. Um, but yeah, why don't so you walk Circle through of it Death for us? is obviously you need more than two people or more than one person to do. It's it's a game actually, and you have two tees each, and you got to put it six feet around the hole. It's 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 a lot of fun when you have at least like four or five people to to play the game with, but each person stands at one tee, misses another tee, and the other person stands at the next tee. And how it works is you pop one after the other. If you make it, you move on to the tee in front of you. If you miss, you stay at the, stay where you are. So 
And if there's someone behind you and they're like making every single putt and you're not moving, you're in trouble. So if they get to yes. yeah, right. they yeah, they get to your tee, they make it, you miss, and you're out. So it's just a circle of death. Yeah. I have I have played that one. I don't know if we called it circle of death. Yeah. I don't think we had an official name Ring for of it. Fire but we that yes. yeah, Ring of Fire sounds more like what we called it. Um, I haven't done it with four. I don't think I've done it with four people, but I've done it with two. And you essentially, like, you set up the, mm -hmm. at least the way we did it, you set up the three footer kind of at like north, yeah. south, east, west. And then you set up the six footer between mm -hmm. each three footer. So then eventually, if you do it enough, we found like footprints become yes. a bit <laughs> of an issue. Like it's, it's honestly annoying and and we we got to a point where we actually kind of played into it and we're like <laughs> after make one like step in it to into it awkwardly so but it forces mm -hmm. you to make it quicker actually is what it does um very awesome awesome drills i think one of the hardest things at least for me is creating yeah. tournament pressure when you're doing drills um I self-admittedly get a little bored, even when I'm playing fun games like that. I've always been one that mm -hmm. wants to go play on the course. I've always been that way. Um, but when I was on, in college, that's all we did was drills like that because we maybe yeah. had a little more time on our hands. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We had a little more energy back then too. So maybe we're, you know, we would do the mm -hmm. drill and then go play for four or five hours. Um, all right, cool. Let's do one more, and then we have some questions yeah. from your followers, right? Um, all right. Let's see. What do we got on this one? <laughs> I want the drills one more time. All right. So the one that pulled up is oops. oops. So oops is going to be like the most embarrassing moment. You, you could be whether it's on the golf course or uh -huh. during an event. I think the one the one we spoke about last week was just shanks. I don't know why <laughs> that came up because maybe just because it yeah it happens yeah. to the best of us. Um, but is there anything that comes to mind? Not off the top of my head. <laughs> maybe I haven't had embarrassing <laughs> moments, but yes, I have had the shanks. Um, I actually had a shank <laughs> last week. It's embarrassing enough during a tournament round. <laughs> But yeah. it was, yeah, those are always embarrassing. You can't, or like chunk a chip in front of people. Um, no, I, I honestly cannot think of one. I mean, given me, I'd probably come up with it when we're done here. I'm like, oh no, I should have turned it down. <laughs> it, it's, it sounds like you have very tough skin, which yeah. is, is <laughs> definitely what you need for what you're trying to do. So that's good that nothing embarrasses you. I'm sure we could find <laughs> something to embarrass you by How about you? the end of the episode. Let's go on let's go on to uh another topic here. Yeah. Uh travel. So I'm sure you've been traveling. I know you've been traveling a lot this year. Do you have some, you know, go-tos that you have to have whenever you're traveling? Um like I know exactly whenever I go somewhere, I have mm -hmm. this, this, and this every time I go traveling, like not just my laptop, yeah. my phone, my keys, but you know, I always need to have my iPhone stand or mm -hmm. something like that. That is, 
you know, do you also, do you have any superstitions that you might always yeah. have to carry along <laughs> with you? I know I do. Well, um, I have to travel, uh, travel with a book. I love reading. And honestly, I don't carry my laptop anymore because I don't really need it. Like any work I do is on my phone. <laughs> and my, my laptop's, it's, yeah. It's crazy how the world is now. My laptop's is also now. 12 yeah. years old, so... I, uh, it's a bit slow. <laughs> yeah. Your phone's probably faster. <laughs> but um, what else do I carry? Oh, my. Oh, I have, like, a bunch of teas in my bag. So I feel like if I don't have, if I don't have the pocket full, it's not going to work. So it's, like, probably a thousand teas. <laughs> okay. Um, what else? Uh, my water. Obviously, everyone wants a water bottle, so I just carry that all the time. Like yeah, yeah. I also carry my prime drinks. I'm a prime yeah. ambassador now. It's like I just carry that mm. everywhere. Uh. So I've I've heard there's been some mixed reviews yeah. on Prime in terms of their flavors. I have not tried one yet, but give us your give us your review. Like I know you're ambassador, but. I've been a Gatorade yeah. person my whole life. I think my my AirPods, oh, wow. my AirPod case is a Gatorade case. <laughs> so give me the give me um, the elevator pitch. I, mean, I love it. Like I, so far I've had maybe three. I've tried four flavors, and out of that, I like the watermelon, strawberry, strawberry watermelon, and the blueberry. Well, no wait, which one is this? Blue raspberry. They're the two. They're they're, they're my go-to. Okay. And their energy drinks are so good. They're strong. <laughs> they're very they're strong. Sure. I was gonna ask. So is it is it is it an electrolyte? Is it like an energy so drink? Is it a little bit of both? Just an energy drink of its own, and then the okay. prime they okay. have hydration, so that's electrolytes. And you get like little sachets, okay. like the packets from and Walmart too. Um, yeah. Got it. Okay. So obviously, very something mm -hmm. that I kind of dived into later in my playing career was hydration options. Um, like, do you feel a difference when you're playing? Like, is it enough that like, okay, I want to like, like, let me step back a second. I f I felt like. If I had too much caffeine before a round, it would kind of mess me up. But if I had it maybe throughout the round, it would actually help me kind of yeah. stay on track. Like, do you find that or what's um, your experience? I actually have a funny story about that. Um, so last year, okay. I was way down on the reserve for the Epson Tour Tournament in Tuscaloosa. And this was in September. And I had a backswing event scheduled for that Thursday. And I got into the tournament the day before. And so, like, I come back out of my backswing event. So I worked it. I went went to the airport, flew to Nashville, drove to Tuscaloosa the next day, got there an hour, two hours before my tea time. And I I need, I need to stay awake. So I, Prime, I don't think Prime had come out yet. So I was drinking Celsius. And... So I drank an entire can of Celsius before I teed off. So that plus the nerves did not make a good combination. 
I was jittery the entire round. So I'm going to say that I I would say don't drink energy drinks before you have to teed (laughs) off. I the most the most I've seen somebody like caffeinated mm-hmm. on a course. I caddied for. Um, I wish I could remember her name, but she was the top of the Chinese national okay. team, and it's kind of weird how I got involved. But I I was her caddy for thirty six holes for U.S. Open qualifying, which we didn't know. Like it was me and four other teammates that our coach just kind of threw us yeah. into this loop he he said it was 18 holes it ended up being 36 he didn't know like that none of them spoke <laughs> english they all they were all yeah. chinese nationals um but the one girl i had with me had three five-hour energies ah. in that day of span i don't know how <laughs> she i mean she actually played mm-hmm. fairly well um, but it was a very eye-opening, like, I, I speak maybe 10% Chinese, <laughs> like, I could maybe get away with numbers, but I didn't have anything to say, like, I, I don't, I didn't know how to help her, I just kind of yeah. hung back and let her do her thing, um, but she could not curve the ball, which I had never, I've never yeah. seen before, so if she had an obstacle in her way, she would lay it up even if she could easily oh, wow. reach it. And it, it, it was the hardest thing for me to just sit back and watch. Like she was a hundred, she was 150 yards away on one hole. And all she had to do was go over a tree, oh, no. which shouldn't be that, yeah. shouldn't be that hard to do. She could have probably hit like maybe a seven iron, but she went pitching wedge, pitching wedge, like oh, laid no. up and then laid up again. So anyway, um, um, I think you asked me about superstitions as well. Um, yes, yes, superstitions. I, d- I have a, a marker that I need to carry with me all the time, every round. And it's a U.S. flag marker. It's round with little crystals on it, <laughs> and that goes everywhere. Okay, that's one thing that. Um, where is it from? I don't know where I got it from, honestly. I just found it. I liked it. <laughs> you just have yeah, it with you at all times now. At all times. Yeah. So that that's the, I think that's one main superstition that I follow, and that's it. Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have any like good wins with it no. at least? Good oh, results yeah. with it. I do have good results with it, but. <laughs> I haven't had a win yet. Okay. Okay. Well, we need to maybe get you another one so you start ramping up those wins. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get into the questions you have from your followers. Oh, what did we get okay. This week? Let me keep my paper with you. So my first question <laughs> is, what my favorite yardage and shot to play? Um, let's see. Okay. I guess my favorite yardage is probably uh, one fifty, one forty yards, because that's I love hitting my seven iron. <laughs> it has the the deepest wear mark. <laughs> but uh, okay, that's yeah, the one you practice the with the most. Like if I'm working on something, that's the one I practice with. Um, 
am I shocked to play is obviously drives off the tee, but I love hitting this flighted shot. That's my go-to if things aren't working out. And that has creates so much spin on the green. It's it just bounces and stops. Like I love that. And I can just do it and I'm I'm on the green. That's So what do you what do you think about when you try to hit that just, shot? Is it back of your stance? No, Is it, it just like what, it just happens. What's your thought process? <laughs> you make the game sound so easy. Like if I if I try to practice it, it doesn't. Ha- it's it's nowhere close to when I act when I don't think about it. It just it's like I no. guess it's an instinct. So it's a. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of you, you just you yeah. know it's there. You yeah. don't have to think about it. I guess that's the same same for me with like I naturally mm-hmm. fade the ball, whether. I, I don't know why, but I've always been that way. And I've always wanted to hit it the other way. <laughs> I've, I've always tried to fight it, but the last, maybe because I'm getting more mature, I'll, I stopped oh, trying yeah. to hit a draw and just hit a fade. Um, and my scores went down. So maybe there's yes. something to that. I think I saw something with, with Dustin Johnson that he doesn't try to hit a draw mm-hmm. literally ever, like yeah. his entire season. Um, because I mean, like, a draw is fine, but you can control a fade more. And from what I've heard, you should you should tell that to half of my teammates <laughs> from college because they they would. <laughs> there's a in our group chat. It happens probably once every two months. Somebody says, "Anybody else sitting <laughs> draws out here?" It's just. <laughs> it was literally. We were on the range at that course in uh, yeah. at Morongo, and there was a hard draw wind, like thirty miles right mm-hmm. to, right to left. Or actually, no, it was going the other way. It was it was a fade wind, and then one of our teammates goes, "Anyone else hit draws out here?" <laughs> like, no, we're all hitting. The wind's going the other way. Um, oh no. <laughs> anyways. Uh, what's our what's our um, next question, Akita? Let's see. Okay, so this is actually from my brother. He said he thought he'd chime in. It is. He's like, what? Okay. Who? Uh, the three female professional golfers you want to watch a movie about, and who? And who do you think would who? Who would you want them? What actress would you want them play, or playing them? Um. Okay. Yeah, I was like that—that—that's like, that, that, a thinker actually, because I've never actually thought about it. Um, I would say Anika Sorenstam, uh, Nancy Lopez, and Lorena Ochoa, because they're the three greatest players, okay. and yeah, yeah, they are the, the three greatest. I'm trying to think of who would play them that's, as actresses. Th- that's what I don't. <laughs> I I can't because no one fits. The bill. <laughs> no, yeah. no one fits the not ex- yeah. not exact. I guess it depends because they they played at yeah. different time periods, right? So you might be able to. They'd have to be probably oh, three separate oh, yeah. movies. Oh, I don't no, know if you could three separate you, movies. I don't think you could put them together. I just 
Um, Honestly, like I thought about like Blake Lively or like Julia Roberts or Sandra Bullock, and like none of them whole, are gonna fit the bill. My whole thing is with golf movies; they don't ever put on somebody that can yeah. actually play golf. Yes. Which I don't. I can never get like the only one that maybe in my mind got close was um, the yeah. Shia LaBeouf movie. The greatest I game ever played. What it was called, but it's the Francis. <laughs> yes, the Francis we met story, and it was at least somewhat like, at least with that mm-hmm. time period, it was kind of on par. But even then, it was still like these guys don't play golf. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's. I would love to definitely see mm-hmm. those three. I think with the new Netflix show, um, I was talking to this about this topic yeah. with some of my friends. Like this, is, and it's it's a reason for this podcast a little bit too. Um, is the story needs to be told mm-hmm. from the women's side? Like, okay, cool, you did the PGA and the live, and it was very very cool to give an inside s- scoop to that side of golf but there's so much on the women's side that needs to be brought up like it if you followed Nellie Corda like yeah and Jessica for an entire season I would just watch that mm-hmm. like the those two trying to make it out there as a brother as a brother and sister you as a sister duo sister, <laughs> as a sister duo um is is very unique and there's a lot of storylines they could definitely follow. Oh, yeah. Um, so. I actually. Well, uh, let's leave with one. Sorry. I, I, say, I actually commented on Netflix, on, I mean, on their Instagram post, like, we need one for LPGA. But if I'm not wrong, LPGA does have a YouTube channel that films the entire week of a tournament. Of, uh, and, like, yeah, with players. Way. So. They do. We, we just need to put it on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's been funny, though, how many people I've talked to that now, you know, had no interest in golf and watched that documentary mm-hmm. and all of a sudden want me to recommend golf clubs or whatever <laughs> it might be. Um, well, give us one last yeah. little idea. I know some of the research I've done and mm-hmm. you've kind of alluded to it. It seems like your support system is very family driven. Yeah. It seems like your family's been behind you for basically this entire process. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give us just a little tidbit on on your support system? Yeah, so obviously my mom and dad and brother have been the biggest support system my entire life. My brother's actually been my playing partner. Um like my, my competition growing up my practice partner uh he still is whenever he can he gets a chance to play um but also outside of family i do have my coach and he's obviously huge support for um my swing short game just encouraging me every week when because playing professional golf trying to make it to the lpga you are going to see failure and trying to get down about that you need someone from the outside perspective to help lift you up and then I have a physical therapist like chiropractor 
which has helped a lot. And that's basically my entire support system right there. And I couldn't ask for anyone else better. I definitely need to go see a chiropractor. <laughs> I used to have a chiropractor in college yeah. who I won't mention his name, but he, he used to let us go to, uh, go to his office as a team without charging us. So right. I missed those days of going. I probably abused it a little bit. <laughs> I would go two, three times a week, maybe, maybe more oh, wow. depending on our schedule. Um, but I think it's the best thing for golfers. Mm -hmm by far um that and all these new recovery tools which is a conversation for another yeah. another podcast yeah. <laughs> but very cool that you're you're doing all this you know it seems like you're going about it the right way um i think there's definitely a push now for recovery yeah. and physical therapy um and having the right coach mm -hmm. you know it's it's not it's not easy to find not only the right coach, but just the a general team that's behind. Yeah, so, yeah, it's taken me a while. Uh, so it's taken me me a while to well, build I it. Think it. I don't think it's ever going to be a hundred percent. No, you can maybe get it close. Yeah. Um, but it's always going to be changing mm -hmm. because we're always changing ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on this week. I know it was a little bit last minute. Mm -hmm. Um, for our listeners out there, thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you guys on the next episode of birdie me, the podcast. Thanks. Yep. Bye.